We're in a series called Habits, and we started this last week. And I need to apologize a little bit. I think I gave out too much information or content last week. So we're going to kind of backtrack and cover some of that stuff again today and then go on to some new stuff. Today's topic is starting. Now, I want you to think about your normal day, um, whatever normal is for you. Uh, what do you do? You pr- certainly probably set your clock for a certain time to get up. Some people maybe work out when they get up and then take a shower. Other people maybe study uh, and pray uh, before they do anything else. Some people drink coffee and nothing else. Some people make, eat breakfast. If you've got kids, you've got to get them ready for school. Um, take a shower. Some, some folks do that in the morning. Uh, some people drive to work, so you drive to work. Same way you drive to work every other day probably. And you put in your day at work. And then you drive back home. Isn't it strange sometimes that you can drive back and forth to work and not even remember doing it? Because you've done it over and over and over again. You get home, uh, stay-at-home moms, your day is just chaotic probably, especially with kids um, learning from home. Um, You get home, maybe you have dinner, or maybe you read the paper. In old days, you used to read the paper. Um, You got kids, you spend some time with your kids maybe. Um, put them to, give them a bath, put them to bed, maybe, you know, online or what, watch Netflix or something like that and go to bed. So lots of days are pretty much the same as some other days. I came across an interesting statistic. It said almost half of what you and I do on a normal day isn't a result of conscious choices or decisions, but regular habits. <clears throat> I had to think about this. I, did a little experiment. When you put your pants on, do you decide which, which leg you put in first? Or when you take your pants off, do you decide which leg you take out first? No, you just do it as habit. It's a routine. Life would be almost impossible to live without habits and routine. You'd have to just think about everything and try and make a decision. So would you say habits are important? Absolutely. Would you say that changing habits or making habits better or improving our habits would be important. Obviously, if it's 40% of our activity in any given day. <clears throat> now, we talked about this last week. Uh, most people have similar goals, but different results. Everybody probably wants to be healthy. Everybody wants to buy, be financially secure. Uh, everybody wants to have good relationships. Hopefully, if you're a spiritual person, you want to have a Uh, a good relationship with God. Uh, So we all have basically the same goals. If you're a parent, you want to be a good parent and and help your kids mature to the place that they're responsible adults. But the results are are completely different. Uh, The majority of people live paycheck to paycheck. (laughs) So more than half of people aren't reaching that goal of being financially secure independent. So that's just one example. So why? Same goals, different results. And we said this. Goals don't determine success. Obviously, right? We all got the same goals, got different results. We use the word systems do. So that means you should have any goals? (laughs) No, no. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. We also said you don't rise to the level of your goals. Or all of us would be healthy, all of us would be financially secure, all of us would have great relationships, etc. So you don't rise to the level of your goals. 
you fall to the level of your systems. So if, got a, a, if I have a system that makes me financially secure, then I'm financially secure. If I don't, I don't. So we're going to use the same example from last week from Scripture. A powerful example of a man who had a system that provided for his spiritual uh, and uh, overall maturity. The guy's name was Daniel. When you think about Daniel, what do you think about? Daniel and the lion's den, most of us, right? If you went to church as a child, you probably uh, heard that story. Well, how did Daniel wind up in the <laughs> lion's den? Well, Daniel was a Jew that was carried off into captivity into Babylon. So he's, he's a foreigner. And he was a uh, 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 six, oh, talented, that's the best word, I guess, talented young man. And so they put him to work, and he began to be successful. And so we get to the sixth chapter of Daniel, and we're going to pick up the story in the third verse. It says this about Daniel. <clears throat> Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officials. Okay, so this is... Uh, I think they use a the number of 120. There's 120 of these folks. And most of them are Babylonians, I'm assuming, some Jews. And he proved himself number one out of 120. Why? Because of Daniel's great ability. We don't know what abilities they were, but some kind of administrative abilities, obviously. The king then made plans to place him over the entire empire. Now, this is a foreigner for a foreign empire. Why? Because of his tremendous abilities or skills. He stood out. He stood above everybody else. Now, interesting thing. When you stand out above everybody else, everybody loves you, right? No. People get jealous. They want to be number one. They don't want you to be number one. And it's exactly what happens to Daniel. So the next verse says this. The other administrators and high officials began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. So, you know, we find something to blame him for, and then, you know, he will drop in popularity, and, and we can get ahead. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says you and I are supposed to live above reproach. The people shouldn't be able to find anything to blame us for. Well, that was true of Daniel. They couldn't find anything. Notice the way it's described. He was faithful, always responsible. Boy, isn't that great? Wouldn't you like to always be responsible? And completely trustworthy. So, how do you bring down a person like that? They're not going to lie. They're not going to steal. They're not going to cheat. How do you bring them down? He was a person, I would say, of high, high Moral character. So they want to trip him up. They want to mess, mess his life up, but they can't find anything. So finally they come up with this idea. The only way we can uh, trip Daniel up, it has to be something to do with his religion because he's a foreigner with a foreign religion. And so they go to the king and say, hey, king, we think it's a great law. Why don't we have 30 days where nobody can worship anybody but you? And the king says, hey, that's a great law. And he signs that law. So, Daniel worships who? doesn't worship the king. He worships Yahweh, the one true God. And so, 
What does he do? He's a, he has a dilemma. So what does he do? Verse 10, he says, But Daniel learned that the law had been signed. It's illegal to worship anybody but the king. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. This was a habit. This was a routine. And just because the law was passed, he wasn't going to change his routine. And with the windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, not to the king, but to Yahweh, just as he had always done. Before the law, after law, didn't change his habit, didn't change his character. Giving thanks to God. Now, we don't know how long he prayed, we just know he prayed on a regular basis three times a day. <clears throat> so over time, this habit, this system, resulted in his identity as a man of moral character, high moral character. Same thing with your and my habits. Over time, they're going to result in our identity, high moral character or not. Now, let me ask you a simple question. Are habits like this easy? And was this going to be easy for Daniel to do, especially now? No. In fact, the law said if you didn't worship the king and worship somebody else, you're going to be thrown in a lion's den. It didn't change his, his actions, but he knew he was going to be thrown in a lion's den, and that's exactly what happened. Now, I was, on the, other, the other day on Friday, I was talking about 12 um, spiritual disciplines that uh, we should practice if we want to be like Jesus. And I said, I, I do pretty well with about 10 out of the 12. I don't do so good with the taking a day off, and I don't do very well with uh, fasting. I don't fast very often. <clears throat> but I am the result. My character is the result of those 10 other things. I pray, I tithe, uh, I study my Bible, uh, I, I try and serve people, etc. My character is the result of those other 10 habits. So, never underestimate how God can start something big through one small habit. With Daniel, it, like I said, it's, it's three times a day, but it, we don't know how much time it was. It could have been pretty small. Um, but this was an act of worship. It was an act of obedience. Can't underestimate how big some small habit can result in. So I'm going to use kind of a silly illustration. <clears throat> I don't know how many years ago. I've been brushing my teeth since I was a kid. But I don't know, 30, 25, 30 years ago, the dentist all of a sudden told me that you need to floss your teeth. So I started flossing my teeth. Now let me say, does anybody enjoy flossing their teeth? I never met anybody that did. And especially mine, the, they're, they're tight in places and the, and the floss breaks. And it's just, but every night before I go to bed, I brush my teeth and floss my teeth. Now I have a six-month checkup all the time and I have really good dental results. Right? Small thing. Takes what, 30 seconds to floss your teeth? But big results. I have healthy teeth. So here's my evaluation of that. 
you and I must choose what's right over what's comfortable. It's not comfortable to floss. Um, be much more comfortable just not to do it, right? But the right thing, according to my dentist, is to floss. Now, one of the problems we have in our culture and our society is this. We have made a God out of comfort. For many of us, that's kind of like our goal in life, to be as comfortable as, as, comfortable as long as I can be comfortable. But unfortunately, that's a God, and that can't be or shouldn't be our God. We must choose to do what is right. And so when we discipline ourselves, silliest things as flossing, whatever it might be, discipline produces character, which produces intimacy. Uh, whether it's with God, prayer, Bible study, etc. Uh, when I serve my wife, it produces intimacy, etc., uh, etc. Et so some of the habits I have, my wife and I have, I started, when I became a Christian when I was a teenager, I was taught to tithe, give a 10% of my income. And when I was a teenager to make a lot of money, it was easy. But I've always made that a habit. So my whole entire life, I have, and my wife, have tithed our income, whether we had a little or whether we had a lot. <clears throat> um, since I was a teenager, I started going to church. When the church doors were open, so to speak, and it was three times a week back then, we were there. I was there. Uh, when I was in college, I went to church. When I was in uh, grad school or seminary, I went to church. In fact, um, rarely goes one Sunday a year that my wife and I or my family, that's my kids, our family's not in church, even on vacation. We'll find a, usually uh, a similar church to ours and, and go to because that is part of our habit. That's part of our spiritual identity. That's part of our character is we desire to worship our Creator God. I also was taught to read my Bible. In fact, read my Bible all the way through once a year as a teenager. And so I developed that habit. And I've done it every year since. So that's a lot of times uh, I read the Bible through. Um, so these are choosing the right things to do over the comfortable things to do. Skipping church is probably more comfortable than coming to church. Uh, keeping all or most of my money rather than giving 10% is probably more comfortable. Not spending the time reading my Bible is more comfortable than reading my Bible. But you and I must choose what is right by right producing the character that you and I want to have. Now, some of these books mention this term. Keystone habit. Keystone habit. This is a habit that propels you to do other things. Now, for Daniel, obviously it was praying three times a day. And that produced character and other uh, positive habits. Now, let's think about the other way. What if I, tonight, before I go to bed, I don't floss? I said, I'm not going to floss tonight. And then maybe in the morning the alarm goes off. I'm not, I'm not getting up today. And what happens is one bad habit can lead to another bad habit, really basically because we start feeling bad about ourselves. I, I, I'm lazy. I'm undisciplined. And so if I'm lazy, I'm undisciplined here, I might as well be un, you know, disciplined or lazy over there. So I have these different habits that I experience 
and I've got others, obviously. Um, started running when I was 30. Uh, different things. So one issue we have is trying to change too much too quickly. And so what I would say is try and develop a keystone habit, maybe one a year. And it had to be a big one. We're going to talk about these things don't have to be big. So when I turned 30, <laughs> my habit was to run. My goal was to run a half hour three times a week as fast as I could. And I, the way I run has changed over the year, but that was, that was a goal. Somewhere along the line, I started flossing. Uh, these different habits. When I was a teenager, I started tithing and reading my Bible, etc. So if you're, say, 25, I won't tell you how old I am, but <laughs> um, if you start one of these habits every year, by the time you're my age, you're going to have 40-plus <laughs> good habits. So when we start these habits, we need to remember something I mentioned last week. You need to start with the who, not with the do. I don't want to, you know, necessarily uh, read my Bible. I don't necessarily want to run. What do I want to do? Well, I want to be spiritually connected to God, a person who's spiritually connected to God. That's who I want to be. I want to be a person that's physically healthy. So that's why I run. So the question is, what does God want for you? In the realm of your relationships, the finances, your health, your relationship with Him. So based on who you want to become, whatever area it might be, you're a person with healthy teeth, <laughs> what one habit do you need to start? And small is better. Flossing your teeth takes 30 seconds. That's a good one. <laughs> it doesn't take very long. Running for a half hour, that's a, that's a bigger one. Especially if you're trying to start out, find something small that you can be successful. Whether we're smaller, big or small, though, we need to be reminded of something as a Jesus follower, especially if we failed over and over at something. You know, I've tried this diet, I've tried that diet, I've tried this Bible reading program, I've tried that one. Paul said this in Philippians, I can do everything, everything implied that God wants me to do, through Christ who gives me the strength. So if something God wants you to do, He will give you the strength to do it. And you still have to do your part. So whether it's, uh, say you don't read your Bible, or rarely read your Bible. So make it a goal to read a paragraph in the Bible every day. Or a couple of verses. Most Bibles have paragraphs. And find some interesting part of the Bible to read. Um, start that way. Um, if you don't give, give regularly, if you're not a very generous person financially, uh, Give a little bit more. I always like percentage giving. If you give uh, 1%, start giving 2%. If you give 2%, give 3%. Uh, something in that area. Uh, diet. You don't have to completely change your diet. You know, just maybe cut out desserts or cut out soft drinks or, you know, cut out something. Or start eating fruits and vegetables that you didn't eat before. Whatever it might be. Um, Now, people might argue, well, I don't have a system. I'm against system. No, no, you have a system. Your system may be to hit the, the snooze twice and then rush around all morning and yell at the kids uh, and drive as fast as you can to work. Whatever it is, that's a system. It's a system by default. It's not by choice, but it's a system. 
So we all have systems. Now some of these authors also talk about what's called a habit loop. A habit loop. So you have a trigger. It could be a positive trigger or a negative trigger that leads to an action and then you get rewarded. So it's easier to talk about negative one. So for example, um, it's in the evening and you walk into the kitchen and there's a cake sitting on the counter. Uh, maybe your wife always has pastries there or something for you to eat. So, the trigger is, ah, oh, that looks good. I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to eat a big piece of cake or maybe it's ice cream, whatever it is. That's the action. You act upon it and there's a reward. It tastes good, right? You get a, a sugar rush, whatever it might be. So that becomes a habit. You walk in the kitchen in the evening, there's pasties on the counter, you eat them. So it also can be, obviously, a positive trigger. So we're going to talk about how to start a new habit. By new, we mean <laughs> positive. Two simple things. I thought these were really helpful. Came across. How to start a new habit. First one is make it obvious. If you want to change what you do, you have to change what you see. So if I walk into the kitchen and there's no pastries on the counter, only a bowl of fruit, what am I going to eat? I changed what I saw, and so it changed my action. Say you, for, you want to take your vitamins, but you forget. But every morning, if you're like me, you make toast in the toaster. So what do you do? Put the vitamin bottle beside the toaster. Then you can't help but see it. It's obvious. Uh, maybe you have a book you want to read, and it's sitting somewhere on a shelf, and days and weeks go by and you don't read it. Well, that's because it's sitting on a shelf. Uh, put it on your pillow. So when you get in bed at night, you, if you read before you go to sleep, you can, you can read it. Or put it by the toaster if you want to do it at breakfast time, whatever it might be. If you want to change what you do, you have to change what you see. So make it obvious. And the second thing is make it easy. Now, not completely easy, but easier, maybe. See, many people think they lack motivation. I, I just can't motivate myself to exercise. But what you really lack is a system, a plan. And it's not an easy plan. You know, I could, really, you know, I could walk for 15 minutes, you know, every other day. Um, that wouldn't be that hard. Especially if you've got a spouse or some kids you want to walk with. That's some, some quality together time. Um, again, uh, find some part of the Bible you think find is interesting and just read a little bit of it or read a chapter of it. Uh, maybe you don't pray regularly. Um, so before you go to work, if you've got a spouse, you and your spouse get together, thank you, God, for this new day and what opportunities I have and get me to work safe. Start with a simple, easy prayer. Maybe you don't exercise. I run, but I don't exercise. So, I'm going to do five push-ups. Oh, maybe I can't do five push-ups. Well, maybe I'll do two push-ups. Well, maybe I can't do two push-ups. Well, get down on the floor and get back up. Just do something. It, you know, make it easy. So here, I'm going to give you a little formula for the trigger thing um, that produces action. I will do whatever, after I do my trigger. So, for example, if 
for Daniel to say, I will pray after I, I don't know, he said three times a day, so I was thinking eating. So after I eat breakfast, I'll pray. After I eat lunch, I'll pray. After I eat dinner, I pray. So I will do this after I do that. The action follows the trigger. So, I want to read my Bible in the morning. So, I will read a chapter in the Bible after my alarm gets, goes off. Or after I, my alarm gets, goes off and I go in the bathroom and wash my face. Whatever it might be. So, somebody said last week, it's really important, is this. Successful people do consistently. I floss my teeth every day. <laughs> what other people do occasionally. So this can't be just occasionally. It can't be by accident. It has to be a system. It has to be a plan. So for example, if you plan to eat at all you can eat buffet every day for lunch, if you do consistently that, what are you going to be successful at? Not being healthy, right? Or being unhealthy. Whatever you do consistently, that's what you're going to be successful at. So back to the question about goals. We don't have goal problems. We have system problems. Again, most of us have the same goals. So if goals aren't a problem, are goals useless? Let me just answer that question real quickly. Are goals useless? No, no, no. Goals aren't useless. Of course not. Goals are good for setting direction. I want to be healthy. I want to be financially stable. I want to have good relationships. Whatever. I want to have a, uh, a growing spiritual life or relationship with God. Setting direction. But you've got to have the systems to make progress. Again, for Daniel, who was praying three times a day. Now, one problem sometimes we have with goals is this. One mistake we make is we have what are labeled mean goals. That's, I had this goal to get to something else. For example, I'm going to study in high school so I can get into a college. And then I'm going to study and graduate from college so I can get this job, good job. So I'm going to get this good job so I can make money to buy stuff and get married and have kids. And it's always deferred to the future. There's never a sense of satisfaction. Um, so much better than a mean goal is an end goal. The end goal is always focused on the who. So who do you want to become? I want to, I want to become a better husband, a better father, a better Jesus follower. I want to be a healthier person. I want to be financially... What do I want to be? A person with good teeth. <laughs> and it pulls down if you're a Jesus follower. And if you're not, these other principles will be helpful to you. Um, you want to be like Christ. I want to be more like Christ. So I put this on your outline. Today I can be successful when I'm obedient to God. A small act of obedience. Somebody comes to mind. Hey, they need to... Uh, maybe I need to call them and see how they're doing. And then I do that. I've been successful in being obedient to God. I spent time with God today. I've been successful. 
And so we have much more success in our lives than failures. Let me end with this uh, kind of conclusion to a parable Jesus shared with his disciples. He had these three, three servants they gave different amounts of money to. And the master goes away and the, the, the servant that had the most, he invested it and made more money. The guy that had kind of a medium amount, we use 10, 5, and 1. The guy got five uh, denominations. Uh, he he, he, he uh, invested it and made more money. The guy that only had one, though, he was afraid of the master and hid it. So we're not going to dwell on him. We're going to dwell on the first two. And uh, Scripture is interesting. Uh, his, the master's response, in this case it means God, the response to the first two guys is exactly the same, even though one had twice as much as the other. And here it is in Matthew chapter 25. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. So, small habits, small systems, faithfully do it, not just occasionally. And then it says, let's celebrate together. I've been successful. I flossed. I read my Bible. I made that phone. Whatever it might be. Celebrate those small acts of obedience. But here's kind of your take-home, our weekly assignment, putting into practice. Set an end goal. Something you can be successful today, tomorrow. Then implement a system to get you there. Remember the two things? Make it obvious. Make sure you can see it. And then make it easy. Walk for 15 minutes, not for an hour. Whatever it might be. I encourage you not to say, oh, that was a nice teaching, but actually put something into practice. Honor God and grow in your maturity. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you. We thank you for what your word has to teach us. We thank you for the example of Daniel. Simple thing, he repeated day after day, three times a day. And he developed in this um, uh, great man of faith, uh, tremendous character. He was able to have the courage to withstand uh, a lion's den. That's awesome. But it all starts with the little things. So God, help us understand that. Small things done repeatedly can bring big results. So I would challenge everyone listening, including myself, to pick some area of life. Pick something that's obvious and something easy and stick to it. And we'll be successful. And the glory will go to you, God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.